This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. A big interview we've waited a long time for. This is big. Sue Gordon, former principal deputy director of national intelligence. Yes, this interview is big, but what she's talking about is the Russian hack on the U.S. It is not the work of an opportunistic predator. There are lots of cyber actors that fall into the category of taking advantage of an opening that exists. But this is someone who knew what they were doing, planned, took a very sophisticated approach, and had the resources in order to do it. Sue Gordon, coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Sue Gordon served as the Principal Deputy Director of National Intelligence in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence until August 15th of 2019. There are many who believe she should have been elevated to the Director of National Intelligence position, but that is a political decision, and she left the office and is now working in the private sector. Prior to assuming her role as the PDDNI, She was the Deputy Director of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Before joining NGA, she was Director of the CIA's Information Operations Center and was a Senior Cyber Advisor to the Director of CIA. She was a career Central Intelligence Agency employee working there for more than 25 years. And for many years, I have wanted the opportunity to talk to her. This is the first time we've had that chance. It's really nice. JJ, I am a long-time listener. Well, the pleasure is mine. The first thing I'd like to bring to your attention is the first thing on everybody's um, in everybody's inbox today is this massive hack that the U.S. has found itself in, uh, and it's believed to be the work of Russia. I, I, nobody has said for sure what it is or who it is, but uh, I would like to ask you, and I know you have taken your classified hat off, but um, I'd mm-hmm. like to ask you, what are your thoughts about what's taking place now and the origins of it? Well, it certainly seems to be uh, the work of a nation state actor. Uh, you know, I think it fits with Russia. We find ourselves in a really interesting moment where, interestingly, the government no longer has control over, um, you know, kind of notification and attribution. You have FireEye come out and and basically, based on their expertise and what they've seen, uh, attribute it to Russia. But it feels nation state and it's, it's consistent with the abilities and the interests of Russia. So I no longer have a position... Um, that makes my opinion official, but it feels about right. Um, This is big. 
it is not the work of an opportunistic predator. There are lots of cyber actors that fall into the category of taking advantage of an opening that exists. Um, but this is someone who uh, knew what they were doing, planned, took a very sophisticated approach um, and had the resources in order to do it well. And there are few who can do that. Uh, China certainly has the wherewithal, but what's interesting, what to me points to Russia is their ability to launch kind of multi-domain integrated operations that have some human pieces, have some intelligence pieces, have some technical pieces, and then just have a relentlessness and a ruthlessness to kind of imagine this sort of thing. This is the thing that is most concerning to everyone right now, at least the people that I've been speaking to, is that it's not done. It's not over. Oh, no. And um, so you agree? You agree? Yeah, it's 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 not. So just for your listeners, there are kind of two phases of this, especially um, in light of of the quality of the intrusion. So the first thing that happens is you find a path to create an opening to get into a network. And that was the solar winds and the update. And then once you have that opening, you can do a lot of things. If your intention is espionage, you can sit there and essentially listen to uh, whatever traffic, whatever uh, data is on the network. But you also... And here's the trick. You also have the opportunity to move around the network to find other things you can, can do. Are there other pathways you can find once you're in? Can you sit and get administration privileges? Can you see if the networks are really isolated? So there hasn't been a lot of detail about which networks they that they got into. It sounds to me that they got into the what I'll call the business networks of all these organizations, the unclassified networks, that doesn't mean that there's no value in the information. But once you're in, you can move around. And if it is a sophisticated actor like the Russians, they are very stealthy. They can watch the operations and know where they can put malware that will just sit there and wait. Uh, so this is this is this is tough, and so in terms of cleanup, you have to do a couple things. Number one, you got to stop the bleeding. You got to deal with uh, the software that you know is problematic. You have to assess what your situation is in the network, and then you've got to go looking for other places. All the while, your in your operations are disrupted. You don't know what you're losing. And you might have to end up replacing your whole infrastructure to ever be confident. So this is going to take a long time to sort out not only what we've lost, but to ensure that we're protected even when you clean up the initial hit. You know, I'm, I'm, I've got many questions that I want to ask, but, you know, the one that I want to ask is probably the one that doesn't have an answer um, at this point, but it's certainly from a rhetorical point of view, I'm going. I'm sure going to hit home with you, someone who was at the top of the the national intelligence picture for a long mm -hmm. time, and 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 in my opinion, should have been the absolute top of the uh, ODNI chain at one 
you know, at some point a couple of years ago. But um, um, the question that I want to ask, though, is um, how did this happen? I mean, how could this have happened? We're hearing about the Pentagon. We're hearing about the Department of Energy. We're hearing about NSA. We're hearing about uh, DHS. I mean, the very agency that is supposed to prevent. And, you know, how does this happen? Yeah, it's it's such a good question, JJ. And and maybe if we'll really embrace the question, we'll we'll find our way forward. So the first way it happens is if you have a network and you must communicate from it to the outside world, it's going to be really hard to be absolutely protected. So just you you have these countervailing imperatives, one to communicate and do work, and the other one is to protect. So that's that's one. You, it's, it's just really difficult. Um, two, um, in general, offense will beat defense because offense is always on the move and defense can fall into the trap of being static. I've bought product X. I've ensured my network is good. I'm now going to just run that. And in fact, um, it's hard to be perfect and your adversaries are always trying to find ways in. The third thing is, and I think this, this is one of two things that's our biggest problem. We keep on expecting technology to magically do all the work. <laughs> Interesting. And, 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 and it's just not. Uh, it's too hard for the reasons that I said. And even if we expected it to, we tend to under-resource it because these things fall into what I'll call support rather than mission. And when budgets get tight, you know, you know where you take the resources from. The talent you need to be able to do the constant forensics is elusive, whether you're in the private sector or in the government. So I think the real reason it happens is that we haven't embraced the idea that loss is a fact of life. And what you have to do is from the very top, understand where your risk is and not try and create a moat, but actually do some risk management to protect what's really important to you as an organization. And that means you can't just delegate this to your IT teams. They are working really hard, but you need leadership involved in the risk management piece. So, you know, as you say, um, we can't expect tech to do all the work, the hard work. And, um, you know, we've I've read a couple of uh, pieces about the the Einstein program, which was supposed to be, (laughs) I guess, supposed to be uh, the fence that prevented this kind of thing from happening. Is that what you're referring to? Are you referring to all tech? No, I'm I'm talking about this notion that if I just get the magical um, cybersecurity tool that I can just relax and expect the technology is going to constantly do the work. Listen, networks are changing, technology's changing, configurations are changing. So Einstein is a fence. It does, it does a job. It doesn't do all jobs. I, I think what I'm saying, JJ, is you can't just lock your house once and think that a determined criminal isn't going to be able to get in. You have to be constantly vigilant and imagining um, all the ways that there are paths. And then you have to know what you're trying to protect more than others. Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. Um, all right. So the way forward, I mean, you know, uh-huh. there's no point in us, you know, crying over spilled milk, even though uh, there probably are some today that are. But um, how, how does this get fixed? You've already said this is going to take a while. Right. What's it going to take to fix this? Um, and not expecting you to have all of the answers to some of the stuff, um, certainly being on the outside looking in. But I do hear that there are those that are in the incoming administration that feel that you could very well play a big part in answering some of the questions that need to be answered in order to better secure the nation. But I will ask you this. What, what What's your view on how, given this What's been said to me is one of the biggest intelligence failures of modern times. What's the way forward on this? Yeah, we could have a fun conversation about whether I think that's uh, a, f- a fair assessment. Uh, so, so step one of the way forward is whether this was a sophisticated attack. There are still there's still too much casualness. Um, applied to cybersecurity. And so that that really does need to be addressed. We, you know, there is general cyber hygiene that needs to be universally applied. And, and sometimes when dollars are light, you just don't apply it. So just do all the things with your networks that we know you ought to do. That won't keep a determined adversary out, but it'll protect you in a lot of ways. Uh, invest in the workforce you need uh, to be able to, and that means nationally, we need to invest in the workforce we need. Um, We're going to have to figure out how do we coordinate our efforts across the government and across the the, um, private sector. Listen, what this showed in its scope is that we are connected and we are distinct. So we are logically connected so things can go between organizations, but we don't behave as though we're responsible to each other. So there has to be something mm-hmm. in terms of sharing of data, sharing of techniques that will help us in aggregate address this. And the last one is, and this is really hard, we are going to have to figure out what a deterrent is. It is This attack is going to have to be responded to nationally. There's nothing about this that is just the gentleman's game of espionage. This is real damage, real attack, real loss, real resources, and somebody did it. And so we are going to have to figure out a way to figure out what the response is. And one of the reasons it keeps happening is because we don't know how to deter it. Well, we've got to get on our little horses and figure out how to do that. And there's a range of Diplomacy, sanctions, expulsions, um, coalitions, isolation of the actors that do it. But it simply must be the event that gets us to figure those things out. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that's in the NDAA, one of the things that's talked about in the cyber solarian is the notion of a cyber coordinator. I'm not generally in favor of czars. But I will say we need someone responsible of organizing the response. And you need to have enough authority, not just to direct policy, mm-hmm. but actually to ensure implementation. And you're talking about somebody at the White House level? Uh, yeah, I don't know where you put it, but it would have to be an independent 
entity, but they do have to have resources and authority. Okay. The question about that process, you know, um, this administration that's leaving now, the Trump administration, mm-hmm. did little, if anything, in pushing back against Russian behavior, um, at least publicly. The president certainly didn't. Um, there, were, there, were, there, were, there were some opportunities when his secretary of state would come along and say, yes, we've done this, we've done that. But there was no message, at least from a public pers- pers- per- perspective, that was ever sent to Russia that says, if you do something like this, this is going to be an act of war and this is what's going to happen to you if you do this. And so the question being, is this an act of war? And does the U.S. need to respond with something stronger than sanctions? Uh, So I'm not totally sure I agree that this president has done nothing. Um, uh, He he did um, move the ball forward in terms of policy that allowed the U.S. Cyber Command to conduct actions that hadn't been conducted in the past, Um, certainly not publicly. Um, as, as much as you might expect, this is hard. Do I think it's an act of war? Um, it's an assault. I mean, you said, Um, you said before, this is not a gentleman's espionage. It is. uh, It's an, it's an assault and it has to be dealt with. The, the problem is, um, Russia is a very difficult adversary and competitor to push on. What's interesting about China in comparison is they are so economically uh, tied uh, to both to the U.S. and to the world that economic actions uh, tend to work. They so want to participate um, in trade uh, and, and, and other uh, pacts that, that calling them out and naming tends to work. Russia is a really different beast because one, they're brazen, Two, they aren't as integrated into the global economy. Uh, so they're a pretty tough target. Uh, but I think this is the one where you have to make the attempt to pull out all the, all the tools of the trade. I don't, I don't know that you're ready to go to physical response, um, but I think the idea that there would never be a physical response for a cyber attack is something that, that our adversaries need to be disabused. So uh, physical, you mean kinetic and mm-hmm. as opposed to just cyber? Right. I, I think one of the challenges we have is every time we, there's a cyber attack, we think that we have to do something in cyber. Now, there's a whole range of tools. And again, I don't think this act probably crosses that line, but I think that if we never send a message that we consider this the same as a physical assault on our homeland. This is a physical, this is an assault on our homeland. Like I said, it, it has, it has stolen information. It has cost us resources and depending on where else they got in the networks, it could have affected safety. So it has to be dealt with as a serious threat and a serious assault. And so I'd put all the tools on there and even if you don't use them right now, you have to start doing some messaging and you have to use diplomacy and you have to use the connections you have to make it clear that there's a line. Because one of the problems in cyber in general is we don't have the same lines that we have in the physical world. And yet we're seeing the same sort of effective yeah. destruction. Sue Gordon, 
talking about that massive hack that everyone believes Russia did to the United States. She's got a lot to say about that. What I do know is we can't have another two-year lag when the government decides that it's got 100% attribution. This has to happen very quickly. So we're going to do a part two next week. And on that program, she'll talk about challenges. This is America under attack. This is not the time to blame someone for what wasn't done or what policies. This is America and it spans the government and the private sector and it actually is global as well. Be sure to join us on our next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green. One word at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. Also, if you want more national security information, sign up for Inside the Skiff, my newsletter. And you can sign up at WTOP.com slash alerts. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.